series that's selling as Outcast once a week. We'll be giving you a bit of mafia history. That's right. Every week I'll be covering a special topic. This week we're going to start off with the five biggest rats in mafia history. So here we go. The five biggest rats in Italian-American mafia history. We're going to count down from five all the way down to one. So here we go. Number five, Joe Valachi. The year is 1962. Joe Valachi is a member of the Genovese crime family. Vito Genovese is the boss of the family. Joe Valachi goes to prison for drug trafficking. Joe Valachi is fearful of his life. He thinks he is going to be taken out by the mafia. So much so that in prison, he thinks an attacker is after him. And it quite possibly may be, but he actually beat this attacker to death. After he got arrested for this particular murder, Joe Valachi decided to turn state's evidence against the mafia. Except Joe Valachi didn't put anybody in prison. But what he did was he was the first member of the Italian-American mafia that actually admitted that it existed. And he was the one that actually told him it's called Cosa Nostra. He broke down the structure, the members the rituals, and everything that goes into the Italian-American mafia. Supposedly that Vito Genovese was so infuriated that they put a $100,000 price on his head for whoever could kill Valachi. Now, this is a lot of money. We're talking the early 1960s, but it didn't come to fruition. Joe Valachi died of a heart attack in prison in 1971. Number four, Abe Rellis. During the 1930s and 1940s, there was an organization called Murder, Inc. And these were basically contract killers for hire. Well, Rellis was a high-ranking killer in this organization. And he was arrested for murder. And he decided to turn state's evidence because he was facing the electric chair. This organization was made up of mostly Italian and Jewish gangsters, killers. So when he turned state's evidence, he actually put a lot of people away from Murder, Inc. So many that I'm actually, I have to read it to you because I couldn't remember all the names. So here's all the people that he turned state's evidence and gave up to the government. Lepke Buchleter, if I'm pronouncing that right. Louis Capone, Mendy Weiss, Harry Marone, Harry Strauss, Frank Abudandu, Irving Nitschberg, and Bugsy Goldstein. All went to the electric chair because of Abe Rellis. The problem was that the government wanted Albert Anastasia, and they wanted Abe Rellis's information to get Albert Anastasia. And Albert Anastasia was the head of what is now known as the Gambino crime family during that time. So the story goes that Abe Rellis was held in a hotel room with police guards. It was the Half Moon Hotel. And they say that he tried to escape. And he tied some sheets, bed sheets, threw them out the window, and it didn't, wasn't long enough. And he tried to escape, and he fell and plummeted to his death. Well, it turns out that it's not exactly what happened, that uh, Anastasia was able to uh, pay off the police to move aside and have somebody come in and physically throw him out the window. And that was the end of Abe Rellis. Well, next time, we should know better when we try to testify against the boss of an organized crime family. Number three, Phil Leonetti. Phil Leonetti was the underboss of the Philadelphia crime family. He served under the boss who was Nicky Scarfo, was also his uncle. In 1989, they both faced 45 years 
in prison for racketeering. During that time, Philly and Eddie decided he was going to turn state's evidence against his uncle, several members of the Philadelphia crime family, and confess the 10 murders. Philly and Eddie is still in the witness protection program till this day. He does do interviews, but he, ta- he stays very inconspicuous and he tells nobody where- his whereabouts. Nikki Scarfo died at the age of 87 in prison in 2017. Number two, Sammy DeBull Gravano. Sammy Gravano was the underboss of the Gambino crime family, serving under John Gotti, who was the boss at the time. These two plotted the murder of Paul Castellano in 1985 and took over the Gambino crime family. The feds caught up with these two in 1990 and were both were arrested at the Ravenite Social Club and denied bail. While incarcerated, the feds played Sammy DeBull some tapes of John Gotti talking about Sammy's murders and how greedy he was. The story goes that this infuriated Sammy and decided to turn state's evidence against John Gotti and dozens of mafia members. Also pleaded guilty to 19 murders. He did five years in prison and then spent some time in a witness protection program. He left the witness protection program. And I believe in the late 90s started an ecstasy drug rink. Rumor has it he was making $500,000 a week. But he was then arrested, sentenced to 20 years, and released in 2018. He is now has his own podcast and has been on several talk shows and podcasts talking about his life and his past. My pick for number one rat in mafia history is Joe Messino. Joe Messino was the boss of the Bonanno crime family. And in 2004, Joe Messino was arrested for murder, arson, extortion, racketeering, money laundering, gambling. He was looking at life in prison or possibly death row. So Joe decided to wear a wire and record the acting boss that he appointed, Vinnie Gorgeous, Vinnie Bassiano, who had actually admitted to several murders while talking to Joe Messino. He also led to the arrest of, I believe his name is Vito Rizzuto, who was the Canadian mafia boss who did 10 years in jail because of Joe Messino's cooperation with the government. Joe now is in witness protection program and has been ever since. Well, I hope you enjoyed that segment, but make sure you like and subscribe and share this because I'm coming back once a week. We're going to be doing some segments on mafia history. So next week is going to be the five most ruthless murderers in American mafia history. So remember, subscribe, like, share, because I'm going to keep the content flowing. You're not going to get bored.